Good morning, everyone. Good morning, St. James Church family. Welcome to our service today. Glad to have you with us this morning on this Mother's Day Sunday uh, on May 10th, 2020. Hope that God is ministering to you and blessing you during this time of this, this um, period of social distancing. Uh, we can see light at the end of the tunnel. And um, we're glad that you have joined us this, this morning and, and taking, uh, take, take, taking time out of your day to worship with us. We're glad that you're part of our virtual congregation this morning. Um, and I hope that this, this service um, will bless you and, and will minister to you. We love you and we miss you and we're looking forward to the day that we can worship together um, in our church. I want to, in person, um, I want to um, wish a happy Mother's Day to all the mothers that are, that are listening to us. Um, hope you have a special day. Um, ho- hope you're blessed. Um, and I hope that you'll love on your mothers today and tell them how, how special they are and, um, to you. And, and, you know, mothers are not just um, biological today. Um, they, they are... Um, they are um, those mothers that are what are called spiritual mothers that come and 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 uh, that take care of us. Um, there's adoptive mothers um, that that care care for children um, and take care of children that are not their own. Um, so we want to thank all the mothers out there today. There's single mothers out there that 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 um, mother being a mother is a full time job, and when you're a single mother. You know, you're, you're the, sometimes you're the mom and the dad, and we appreciate single mothers this morning and all they do. Um, we appreciate all the mothers this morning, and we love you, and we hope you have a special day today. Um, a couple of announcements um, before we begin our worship this morning. Uh, this past week, there's been a lot of questions on, you know, when we're going to open again, when we'll have in-person worship services, and there's churches down the street that are beginning to, to, to open up again, and how come we're not doing that? And I've had comments about, well, we shouldn't follow the, 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 the bishop, and we shouldn't do what the conference says. Um, folks, as, as, I, as I see it, there's no Methodist churches that are open right now to in-person worship services. Many of them are doing streaming like we are. Um, some are holding drive-in services. But as far as I know, there are no Methodist churches in our conference that are doing in-person worship services. And I just learned that the, the First Methodist and First Baptist Church and First Methodist and Lawrence are not holding in-person worship services until the end of the month or the first of June, first Sunday in June. So I, I, I appreciate, I understand the frustration and, and, I, and, I, and I, I'm with you. I want to have... Um, I want to have in-person worship services just as much as, as you do, and, and, and I'm glad that you want to come back to church. But um, as I have said, that the bishop of our conference, and I want to make a comment about that. When I, joined, when I was ordained in the Methodist Church in 2002, I took a vow to uphold the, you know, Christ, um, the Bible, the church, and the discipline. And part of the discipline is when the, when the leader of the church asks you to do something, it's just like in the military. You know, when you're, many of you served in the military and, and your commanding officer to ask you to do something, well, you follow through with the orders are. Uh, and so that's, 
That's what I'm in between a rock and a hard place, but the bishop has asked us not to hold any in-person worship services until after May the 20th, and he has not changed that, so we're in that pattern right now, and I'm sorry um, that, it, that, that it doesn't suit some people, but, but I have to abide by what the bishop asks us to do because we're in the conference together, and there are many other churches that are doing the same. And I'm sorry that, 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 this, that, that people aren't happy or satisfied with that, but, but I want to buy by what the bishop and the superintendent asked us to do as part of being in our connectional system. Um, we are looking at the possibility of maybe having um, drive-in services on the 24th of this month. We're trying to move into the, in that kind of direction. Um, but let me share something with you. Um, the CDC has, has released guidelines for in-person worship services that, that was rejected by the White House. Um, but some of, the, some of those guidelines have been, been released to the news media and they've been published in various websites. And some of the things that they're, they're, they're asking us to do, I, they're asking us when we come back, is we're going to have to have shorter services, we can't have a choir, can't have Sunday school, can't do communion, um, and, and along those lines. And folks, it's up, you know, um, tomorrow night, I hope you, tomorrow night at 6 p.m., I hope you'll, uh, I hope you'll um, be tuned in because we're going to have a special program. Um, this, this program involves a conversation with Dr. Linda Bell. Um, Linda Bell is our state of South Carolina epidemiologist. She studies communicable diseases. And this is a conversation that she had with pastors on, on April the 24th. Now, this is, two, this is um, two weeks old, but she addresses the faith leaders of our, of our state. And there were only 250 people, 250 pastors or faith leaders across the state that was at this, that was, that was, it was a conference call, and I was one of them. And, this is, and she talks directly to faith leaders about the, the, the um, COVID-19 virus and why the church is different than, than a, she explains why the church is different than, than a retail. Um, and so I hope you'll, I hope you'll stay, be tuned tomorrow night at 6 o'clock um, because she's going to answer a lot of the questions about, um, you know, about worship services and, about, and how that relates to the COVID-19 virus. And I'm going to let you make up your own mind. Linda Bell is, advises our bishop and the governor of the state of South Carolina. So I hope you'll be tuned um, tomorrow night at 6 o'clock for this special program. It's about 30, 40 minutes, and it's, uh, it's, it's she, she has several pastors sending questions, and so she answers those questions. So 6 o'clock tomorrow night, I hope you invite a friend to be a part of this service um, program. And then Wednesday night, we're, we're continuing in our Bible study of Revelation We'll be studying um, Revelation chapter 6, and that is the, the beginning of the tribulation period. With, we're beginning to open the, the first four seals, and then we'll meet the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And so I know you'll want to make plans to be here um, for our, our Bible study on Wednesday night. I want to say something, too, about our streaming, um, pro, our streaming services and our Sunday school. Um, we just added Sunday school. And, and we're doing Bible study, um, and we're having live worship services. So we're, so we're trying to do worship services as close as if you were here. Um, I know it's not the same, 
But there are a lot of churches that I've read, uh, that, I've, that I've seen online and I have seen in the advocate that aren't doing what we're doing. Um, and I, was, I talked to the superintendent, and the superintendent was really impressed with what we're doing. I said, we're doing a full-blown service, and we're having, we're having Bible study every Wednesday night, and we're having services on 11 o'clock live. And he was kind of impressed with that because there's, a lot of churches are just having a little 10-minute sermonette or a hymn, and then that's it. But we're going and doing the whole um, worship service um, so you, you can stay connected. And I just want to say, too, I want to thank our St. James Church family. Um, every Sunday, you know, you have, tuned, you have, you have made this uh, a part of your life. You've tuned in to 11 o'clock. We've had some great numbers. I know a lot of people think well, we're not having church because we're not in person. Folks, we're reaching more people now than we ever have reached, and we'll continue to do this after even we do per- in-person worship services because we, we had over 200 people. That's not people. That's households. We've had, we had over 200 people um, worshiping with us um, on Easter Sunday, and then this past Sunday we had 83 households. And so we're reaching a lot more people than we ever did with just, just holding service um, here uh, in person. So, um, and then Kevin and I had to, um, had to really scramble to, to, to pull something together um, streaming, and it's, really, and it's really worked out, and God has really blessed this. And, and, we, and I've received um, phone calls from people that appreciate um, what we're doing here. But like I've said before, you know, no, no other church is really doing what we're doing. We're, we're doing a whole service so you can stay connected to worship on Sunday morning. I know it's not the same as being here, but um, the, the Holy Spirit is not limited, um, and he can be everywhere. He can be with us here this morning, and he can be with you. So um, let's continue to, to, to worship together and let God bless him and move in a mighty way. This morning, uh, we're going to begin our service as we join together in the Apostles' Creed as we confess our faith. And let us join together this morning in number 881 in our hymnal as we, as we confess our faith. The words are going to come up for you um, on your screen in case you, you know, sometimes it's hard to remember it, so we're going to we put it for you. And then we're going to sing the Gloria Patri, which the words are going to come up for you on the screen as well. And then we're going to sing together our first hymn, hymn number 400. And we're going to sing all three verses of Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Let's join together as we, as we, as we confess our faith through the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sit at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now let's sing together the glory of poetry.
And now let's join in singing our first hymn, hymn number 400, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. And the words are going to come up for you on your screen. Praise the Lord. Come thou fountain of every blessing. It's so nice to be able to have these hymns and be able to stream them live uh, and be a part of our worship service. Because um, without them, you know, they, they add so much to our lives as they speak about our faith and encouragement to us, especially during this time. And I've learned a lot about the hymns um, Putting the words together for you, uh, I put the um, the 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 writer and the and the musician, um, their names are um, underneath the hymns um, there at the bottom of the page of our hymnal. And sometimes we just miss them, and so these hymns are in public domain, so we can use them and stream them um, online because uh, they're not copyrighted. Um, but I have learned the names. I know these hymns, but now I, have, I know and hope you have seen the names of those that wrote these hymns and those who have um, the composed them. And so that it's been a uh, it's been a a blessed time, you know, learning the names of who wrote these hymns and putting a face to when you sing that hymn. You know, you can look and you see who wrote um, "Come Thou Fountain" and who wrote. Love Divine, of course, Charles, um, Love Divine, all those that sell, and of course, Charles Wesley wrote that hymn. Um, but and then you look at the, who, the, the music, um, and it was, it was written much later, 
Um, this, the, uh, the melody was written much later, like in 1820, I think. This is off the top of my head. Um, and so we have that in our hymnal. So it's exciting to be able to include these hymns in our worship service. And you can sing them along at home like you were here. Um, now let us um, pause for a few, for, at the time of our worship to um, join together in, in prayer as we invite God's presence um, at this time to, to come and minister to us through the power of prayer and let us bow our heads and close our eyes um, this morning as we approach the throne of grace. And before we, we, we do, we have, um, have a prayer request for Mike and we have a prayer request for, for Dave. We have a prayer request for Carolyn. Um, we ask, Lord, that you would be with these persons um, and we, you know them and we lift them up to you and ask, Lord, that you would minister to each situation uh, and what they're facing. And now let us pray together. God of the Easter season who raised Christ from the dead, we give you praise this morning for all the faithful women, the faithful women that we read about in your word, we read their stories, the women like Esther who saved her people from certain death. We remember, Lord, Lord the story of Mary, of her faithfulness and humility to be Jesus' mother, who said to the angel Gabriel, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. We see the, the devotion and dedication of the women that supported Jesus' ministry, of Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and, and Mary the Lesser, and Salome, those women that, uh, that and we remember the story of um, Mary and Martha that, that invited Jesus over and and, and Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary, and Salome, the other Mary, were the women that, that were with Jesus when he um, died on the cross. And they were, they were there early that morning, ready to prepare his body for burial. And, and we're thankful for the, the kindness of Mary and Martha that, that invited Jesus uh, into their homes and ministered to him. Um, we're thankful for Eve, our, our mother of all, mankind, humankind. We're thankful for, for our link to her because we all came from, we all came from, from her. We're thankful for the, the, the women in the New Testament, um, Lois and Eunice, the New Testament church. We're thankful for Lois and Eunice, Phoebe and Priscilla and, those, and their dedication to help Paul preach the gospel and spread the gospel throughout the early church. And we're I, we're filled with imagery in, uh, um, of God being our, of uh, Jesus teaching us that God taking us under his wings as a mother hen gathers her chicks and protects them from harm. 
we worship you today this as we come before you and give and we give thanks to all of our mothers today. We honor and remember them this morning. And, and what a unique um what 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 is um special and unique um uh, being uh, being a mother is. Being a mother is a full-time job. Carrying a baby and raising a baby and nurturing a baby into an adulthood. This morning, Lord, we're thankful for all of our moms. Our stay-at-home moms, the carpool moms, the military moms, the soccer moms, the Girl Scout moms, the football team moms. We're thankful for the moms that are leaving and those moms that have passed on. This morning, Lord, we're thankful for the single moms that do not have a, a man and, and, or a father, but they're being the father too. We're thankful for the adopted moms and the grandmoms that are raising children now. We're thankful, for the, we're thankful for our foster mothers and we're thankful for our biological mothers and we're thankful for our spiritual mothers as well that, have, that cared for us and nurtured us in the faith. We ask you, Lord, that you would have a special blessing on all of the moms this morning. Give them your strength during this time of social distancing and allow them to feel the love and nurture of their children and of you, Lord. Help us to be thankful for their touch in our lives. Minister to us today as we could gather for worship. Speak to us through your Holy Spirit. Give us ears to hear what your Spirit has to say through your Word. Move in our hearts in a mighty way and draw us closer to you. We lift up um, all those this morning that are, that are facing the COVID-19. We continue to lift up those persons on the front, the, the front lines. We continue to Ask you to be with those that, that, have, that are suffering from COVID-19, family members that, and nurses and doctors that are caring for them. We lift up those persons that have experienced loss due to the COVID-19. We just continue to lift up prayer for our, our, our nation, our leaders, our state. Uh, we continue to ask for your guidance. Um, Considered, con we continue to lift up our church leaders and our conference and guidance during this time. We ask, we ask for patience, Lord, to come um, and help us. Um, we we pray that that you, we, we would help you would help us to know and understand that when the time is right, you will reveal your ways to us. But Lord, help us to be patient and to wait, um, and give us the patience that we need to to wait on you, and we, we thank you, Lord, that you're going to reveal yourself to us through this time. Minister to us now and, and be with, present with us as we worship you. We ask this prayer now in Jesus' name. We ask, Lord, that you would lead us as we pray together the prayer that Jesus taught all of his disciples to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now that now we, when we have in children's time this morning, we want to have all the children come together. As we share in children's time, we're in children's moment. And I'll be doing a children's moment this morning, so all the children will come and gather around and share this time with you. Glad that you're here and, and hope that hope that um, the Lord will bless you. Have you ever gotten, you ever wanted to go somewhere in your life and, and it required a ticket? You ever wanted to go to a, a sports game or, or go to, uh, go, go to uh, a Broadway play or go to see a favorite um, musician in concert and, and, and they, only had, they only had like some amount of tickets and you have to stand in line to get a ticket and, 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 and once you get the ticket though, but you're so excited because you got that ticket and you're going to go see your favorite artist or you're going to go see your favorite football team or your baseball team or, or you're going to go to a big event, you know, like, a, like the Super Bowl or the World Series or... Or you gonna go see a uh, see a you know sold out concert to one of the you know a famous musician or whatever, and you know it takes a, a ticket to get in. You ever had one of those experiences? And you and after you go, you kind of hold on to your ticket to remind you, hey, I was there and and I had the opportunity to go, and here's my ticket to prove that you know I I was there. You know I had one of those experiences I want to share with you this morning. Um, back in way back in 1995, when I first got it started in ministry, I was going to the seminary at Candler, and that's in Atlanta, and that's a Methodist seminary. And I was I was at Emory University, and some exciting was going on in Atlanta during that time. And it was the Atlanta Braves were in the were in the World Series, and the Braves had gotten into World Series um, so often that you know they were in there 90 and 91, and I think it was in 93. When the time they were. They were in, in there in 95, and this time they had a they had to they were in a playoff situation, and they had to go to the wild card, and they had to go to the, the division, and they had to go to conference, and then if they won that, they go to World Series. Well, you know the Braves had gone to the, the the 90 World Series and lost, and 91 World Series and lost, and and so when but when I was growing up, you know, one of the first sports that I enjoyed was the was baseball, and we played baseball. And we lived like 30 minutes from it. The Braves played at Atlanta Fulton County Stadium, so we lived 30 minutes from the stadium. So we go to the summertime. We go to the the, the games because the the baseball tickets were were not too were not too expensive, and we go and have a good time. And and we get lucky and get blessed if the Braves won, because most of the time you know Braves were losers. And so it was exciting in Atlanta in 1995 because the Braves were winning. And um, they won the they won they got in they they got past the the um, wild card and they were in, got in the divisional and then now we're in the World Series and so um, I got invited to go to World Series and I went to the World Series in 1995 and watched Atlanta Braves beat the Cleveland Indians and it was exciting to be sitting in a big event like a World Series. And I got invited to go the next year, '96, where the Braves played the United, played the uh, New York Yankees, and they got beat. Was well, exciting to participate in that and be able to have a ticket. I said, "I have my ticket today," and I, 
And I put it in, I framed it, and I have my ticket so I can look at it and say, hey, I was there when the Braves won the, won the, the, uh, the World Series, and they were, they were world champions. And so that was, that was an exciting time to see. And, but this morning, you know, there's a ticket available for us all. I call it the golden ticket. I'm going to be preaching about that this morning. It's a ticket that's available to us all. We don't have to stand in line to get it. We can't pay for it. It's already a gift. All we got to do is go down to, the, I call it, it's the will call booth and pick it up. And that golden ticket is Jesus Christ. Jesus has prepared a place for us. He says, like, I'm going away to prepare a place for you, for, for you and that where, you are, where I am, you can be also. I will come and receive you so that where I am, you can be also. You see, Jesus has given us entrance into heaven. He is that golden ticket. And when we receive him, to my, to, and, uh, when we receive him into our lives, we get that ticket that grants us entrance into that door called heaven. And so it's good to know this morning that we have that golden ticket available to us. And, it's, and all we have to do is believe in Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and God gives us that ticket. He punches our ticket and we're ready to go when, when, um, when the time comes to be with him. And what a wonderful ticket that is. It's better than the World Series. It's better than the Super Bowl. It's better than any, any concert we could ever go to because Jesus loved us so much that he died on the cross for us to save us from our sins and that, so that to secure a place with him forever. And that the Bible says once we got that ticket, nothing can take us out, take it out of our hands. Not, not, even, not even the devil. Nobody can take that ticket out of our hands. We got it, and our place is, is, is reserved for us. So I encourage you this morning, um, um, boys and girls, to, you know, to, to, get, to receive that ticket in, in your life and have it and know that, that you got that ticket um, um, available to you, and all you got to do is receive it and, and ask Jesus to come into your life. Amen? Let's have a prayer together. Lord, we just thank you this morning for all the boys and girls that are listening. We thank you so much for their precious lives. We thank you so much, Lord, for the gift of this golden ticket that you've given us all. All we have to do is just receive it, and it opens the door to heaven. Bless all the, the, the children this morning that have come to this time and minister to them your love as we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Now, our next hymn this morning is a hymn written by Charles Wesley. It's in number 400, and we're going to be singing verses 1, 2, and 4. The first, second, and last verses of this hymn, Love Divine, All Love's Excelling, is number 384 in our hymnal. Let us sing together.
What a wonderful hymn by Charles Wesley. Love divine, our love's excelling. This morning we come, to, come together to share in God's word and to be changed by its power. And we pray that God's word may come to pass in our lives where it will bear much fruit of righteousness in our lives. Amen. This morning I'm reading from Revelation chapter 3, verses 7 through 13. I'm reading from the, our text this morning comes from the New King James Translation, copyright 1982 by Thomas Nelson Publishers. Revelation chapter 3, verses 7 through 13. Hear the word of God. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, these things says he is holy, he is true, he, who, was the, who, who has the key of David. He who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I set before you an open door and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength, have kept my word and have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are not Jews, who, who are Jews and are not, but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you. Because you have kept my command, command to persevere, I will also keep you from the hour of trial which, you, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast to what you have, that no one may take your crown. He overcomes, I will make him a pillar in my temple of God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem which comes down of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, in your infinite wisdom and mercy, we bow before you and recognize you, Lord Jesus, as the open door, the only way to get into heaven. We cannot buy the stairway to heaven or try to climb it. Only you, Lord, are the way. You can open the door and you can close the door. And Lord, sometimes we get deceived by our works, thinking that our works and our goodness, as we help the needy, give to the church, are the way for us to achieve righteousness. Sometimes, Lord, we are even deceived by religion. But it is not religion that saves us, it's you. You're the only way. Our works cannot even come close to propping the door to heaven open. We have little strength, but you are the way. You hold the door open for us all. And all we have to do is believe and trust in you. And in our relationship with you, we can pass through the doors of heaven to enter what waits beyond us in this life. Lord, the Bible clearly teaches us that when this life ends, there is an eternity that waits us all. Whether we like it or not, whether we're ready for it or not, it's going to face us all one day. And we're going to have to face it alone. Our wife's not going to be with us. 
our husband's not going to be with us, our grandchildren are not going to be with us, our mom and our daddy's not going to be with us. We're going to have to face it alone. Decisions we make right here, right now, faces, it shapes our eternity. And when we stand before your throne, Lord, we can't say they said or this or that group said. When we, we can stand before your throne, Lord, we're going to stand there by ourselves. And we're going to have to account everything that we said, how we treated people, and how we lived our life. And you're going to see right through us, and you're going to know our hearts and the sincerity of our hearts, and you're going to see how we treat people and talk to people. And you're going to see whether or not we're wearing a mask and pretending that we're a Christian and going through the motions of the church or whether, or whether or not we're a true Christian and doing as you have called us to do. We all struggle, Lord, in life sometimes, but we're thankful this morning, Lord, that you see the sincerity of our hearts and you know when we're trying. And, Lord, we give you praise that you're a good God that loves us despite ourselves. You love us despite our sins because while we were still yet sinners, Jesus died for us on the cross. Bless us now as we come to study your word. Give us ears to hear what your spirit has to say to your church. And we ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning I'm preaching about the golden ticket. The golden ticket. I got mine. Do you have yours today? I'm excited I got a golden ticket. Are you excited? You know, today we get, we get so excited about so many things, but we don't get excited about what happens to us beyond this life. You know, we work for this, we work and we toil and we sweat for this life, and we live in these houses that we, that we go in debt over, we buy these cars that we go in debt over, and, 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 we, and we, work to, we work to try to have a retirement in this life, and we have these jobs, and we go through the motions of having these jobs, and we're so excited about even when we get out of school, we're so excited about, you know, we got that degree and all these accolades. But folks, let me share something with you. All of that is going to end one day. The Bible says that, that, that houses don't last. But have we considered, have we considered what's going to happen when life ends? Have we thought about that? Have we prepared for that? We prepared for life. Are we prepared for what happens after life? Are we ready for it? Because, folks, we're closer to eternity than we realize. We can't predict that we're going to be alive tomorrow or next week. We can think that way and we can plan that way and we put our calendars, hey, this is my agenda for next week. But we cannot be for certain. I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of people think, well, I've got plenty of time. But do we really? Is your life after death insurance policy paid up in full. Sure, we can buy nationwide, but nationwide is not going to help us on the other side. State Farm might be our good neighbor here in this life, but, but the good shepherd is the one that gives us peace in the valley of the shadow of death. I know a lot of people work and work and work and work and prepare for this life. We study and plan, predict, Make agendas, save money, buy houses and cars. We might 
live to be 80 or 90 years old, and some might even live past that to be 100. But have we made plans for eternity? What comes after life? What comes after all of that? The Bible says that we are a vapor in the hands of God. A vapor. <laughs> Think about that for a minute. Our life is but a vapor. A vapor. You know what a vapor is? It's when water is turned into steam. A vapor. We are a but a vapor in the hands of God. Our life is, it flashes so fast in the hands of God. It is a vapor. And, and it, and the Bible says that it's here one moment and then fades away, it vanishes away in, in, in light of eternity. Poof, that's the way it is. That's, that's the way to describe it, that our life is poof in an instant. It's over in, its, in, in, in the vastness of eternity. Everything that we work for, everything that we earn, our retirement, our home, our accolades, our accomplishments, guess what? Are gone. Those friendships and the family that we've, that we've built and we relied on so heavy on this life, our children is all, all gone, ended. Life as we know it has ceased to exist. What happens then? Now that life is over and com life is completed, we're no longer a part of it. Can you imagine that? When your life ends, you're no longer a part of life. Life goes on, but when your life is completed, you're no longer a part of it. Can you imagine that? Imagine life not being a part of life. So what happens after that? You ever thought about it? What comes after that? Nothingness, oblivion, emptiness, the abyss, paradise. What happens? And the picture that you see on your screen is an open door. But how do we get to that open door? There's no ladder. There's no stairs. There's no elevator. How do you get to that open door? It's just hanging there in space. How do you get there is the question. A lot of us think, well, I can do good, care for the needy, give to the church, and that will get me far enough, far enough up in life where I can climb in. <laughs> you know what I said last week in my message? Jesus said that those people that don't go through the door are what? A thief and a robber. So when we try to do what? Build a way to get in through that door through our own efforts. We're what? Trying to get in to hit through that door another way, and we're a what? A thief and a liar. Folks, that's what Jesus said, so you can take it up with him. I'm just, I'm just a spokesman. I'm not in management. One of the greatest movies that I enjoyed as a kid, and I still, I still enjoy watching it, it still brings tears in my eyes because it has a lot of truth in it, 
It's the movie, it was the movie in 1971 with Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. It's based on a book by Roald Dahl. And, and in, the, in the story is, uh, is the main character. His name was Charlie Bucket. <laughs> what a name, man. For, what a name for the main character in this, in, this, in this story was Charlie Bucket. I mean, how would you like to have a name of Charlie Bucket? You know, he was the loser in the store. He was the poorest of the poor. He had nothing. He lived on Skid Row in the projects with his mom and his grandparents. And his mom was working three jobs just to, just to care for her and Charlie and, and her parents and his parents. I mean, her parents and the deceased parents of her husband. And they were living in a two-flat house. Two-room flat or two-room two room house. They call it a flat. So Charlie, he, he finds out that the crazy eccentric chocolate maker, Willy Wonka, who's played in this movie by Gene Wilder, is offering a free tour to the chocolate factory and a lifetime supply of chocolate for a lucky winner, winner who finds a golden ticket inside of a Wonka bar. Now, Charlie's thinking, you know, this can change my life. If I just get some that, that find that golden ticket, my life will change. If I just can win that, get inside that, get inside that, um, that um, chocolate factory, my life will change. Because I, I know Willy Wonka, he, he'll take care of me and my life will change. And, all, and he's having all these visions of grandeur about what will happen if, if he finds that golden ticket. But, you know, he, he's poor. He can't. Can't find enough money to buy the ticket. You know, he's, the income is limited. You know, he's on a, his, his mama's on a budget and he can't, can't afford chocolate bars. It's, not, it's just not, in, not, not on the budget, you know. And so, um, so what happens is one by one, the, these, these lucky tickets are found inside the Wonka bars. And so Charlie is so desirous of getting this ticket, he believes, well, I'm just a victim of my circumstances. This is the way my life is, and I'm not going to ever get in, never going to win it. I'm never going to win that ticket. I'm never going to go anywhere with my life. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just a victim of my circumstances. And, and so, but one day, he's in the street, and he finds some money, and he picks up some, the money, and, 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 and he has to reach down in the, in the grate, and he reaches the grate, and he finds some money. So he decides, well, I'm just going to go treat myself, and I'm going to go buy this chocolate bar. But on the way to, to get the chocolate bar, he, he hear, on the news you hear that the, the last um, winning ticket was a fraud. And so Charlie just goes into the, the, um, goes into the, the local malt, malt shop, you know, a soda shop, and he buys this Wonka bar. And he says, well, you know, and so he, when he opens the Wonka bar, he realizes, and when he opens it up, he said, this gold ticket there. And here's a picture of Charlie Bucket and the golden ticket. And see, he holds that golden ticket up, and this is what it says. Greetings to you, the lucky finder of this tick, golden ticket from Mr. Willy Wonka. Present this ticket at the factory gates at 10 o'clock in the morning on the first day of October and do not be late. You may bring with you one member of your own family and only one, but no one else. In your wildest dreams, you could, you could not imagine the marvelous surprises that await you. Stop. Take a moment. Think about it. Ponder it. When your life ends here, where will you find yourself? 
when life ceases, where will you be? You probably don't even think about those in those lines because we're so busy living. But we don't think about what happens after life. We probably don't even consider what might happen beyond this world. But Jesus said, Behold, I go to prepare a place for you. Where, where is that place? It's in God's house. And where is God's house located? In heaven. And how can we as mortal, mortal beings get there? Last week I preached about the open door that's left open now between us and God. It's open, hanging there in space. It was closed at one point, but Jesus through his death on the cross opened that door, and now that door stands open. Jesus tells us in our scripture lesson that he was the one and the only one that can open that door and shut the door. He tells the church of Philadelphia in Revelation 3.8, I see your works. I've set before you an open door that no one can shut. For, for you have a little strength. You kept my word and you not defile my name. See, Jesus is showing us that he has prepared the way for us to heaven. And we can't, we can't climb the way into heaven with a ladder or a stairway. We cannot buy the stairway to heaven. Our works cannot get us through that door. We cannot build an elevator or a tower to propel us upward. It is only our relationship with Jesus Christ that gets us through that door. See, Jesus said to the church of Philadelphia, this is only one or two of the churches in Revelation 2 and 3 of the 7 that Jesus didn't have to scold or criticize because they were doing, they were, they were doing good things. But he says to them and he points out to them, he says, I see your efforts and I know your works. He says, I see your faithfulness to preach the gospel and to honor the power of my name as you preach to save people's souls. The Bible says that Jesus is the only name under heaven in which a man or a woman may, might call upon and be saved. But the Lord points out to us in Revelation 3, 8 that he is the only one that can open this door and keep it open. It is not through our works or our efforts that make this door come open. It is only through him. Jesus says, I see your works. I know all about them. I see that you have a little strength. Meaning that sometimes humanity gets so deluded about our works and efforts when it comes to church and religion. Some people get caught up in religion and in tradition and in doing good that they believe that, they're, that, they're, they're, that they contribute to their goodness. Well, do you know that, that, that if you talk like a snake, you make God out a liar? See, we can be kind and we can do other things to people. We can care for our, the needy, but do, do you listen to how, what you say to other people and how you talk? That identifies your faith. Bible says if you love God and you hate your brother, then you make God into a liar. The Bible says that we should not allow any hateful speech to come out of our mouth, 
Because when we do, we, we dilute the body of Christ and we make it into a hate monger, a gossip, or a liar. If we call ourselves a Christian and we speak with malice or hate or backbiting to our neighbor, we're not representing Jesus in a good light. James says that the tongue is the most deadliest weapon in all the body, spewing its poison, destroy, and tear down the body of Christ. We allow our, our mouths to be used for evil. We're not edifying one another, but we're creating malice in the church house against God and our neighbor. And God will not bless us. Do you know that the word Babel means confusion? A lot of folks think that if I go to church and I do good works in the community or even help the needy or, and then treat people like a doormat, what kind of witness are we being? Maybe that's the reason why people don't want to come to church because we're misrepresenting, misrepresenting Jesus as a mixed bag of goods. We promise them love and acceptance, but then we turn around and we criticize them and we judge them, we point fingers at them without being Jesus to them. See, Jesus mean, being Jesus to somebody is walking and talking like him and using our actions to, back, to talk the words of love that he speaks. When Jesus was on the cross and people hurled insults at him, what did he say? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Are we the same way today? After all, Jesus said that the world will know you as my disciples by the love that you have toward one another. You see, what Jesus is telling us in Revelation 3, all of our works that we do in this planet in life, it's not good enough to even prop the door open as a doorstop. Jesus says, I know you got a little strength in what you're doing, but your efforts and your tradition and following the rules of religion don't even come close to even cracking the door. Do you know that as God looks upon our good, he sees it being bad? <laughs> I'll say that again. And when God looks upon our good, he sees it being bad. You see, God already tried with the Ten Commandments and animal sacrifices to bring humankind closer to him, but it didn't work. It failed. It created a distance, and it birthed religion. See, religion replaced God. Religion made man believe that if I follow the rules of the Ten Commandments and do good works I, through my own efforts, I can become close to God. You see what God says in the Bible, that he sees our works as what? Dirty rags. Our, our efforts are baseless and wanton. See, God is perfect in our sinful disobedience state. Our efforts don't even, aren't even perfected in God's light, in God's eyes. Our works are unclean in God's presence, and God re rejects them. Mother Teresa was a, was a great woman of faith. She did all these kind of good works all over the world. But her works didn't even come work to do what? Achieve perfection as God Almighty. She and all her goodness and her efforts do not even come close to getting in. Even the Catholic Church canonized her as, as being a saint of God, but that's not good enough for God because we don't get in because of our good merit. We can admire Mother Teresa for all her accomplishments, but we're admiring the wrong things. 
All, the, all of our human ingenuity and know-how and efforts can't get us through, through the door between us and God. What is happening is that we take our emphasis away from the one who truly can and provide a way to God. It is his accomplishments that save us, not Mother Teresa or ours. Mother Teresa, bless her heart, comes up a little short. She will have to bow her knees to the one that sits on the throne. All of our earthly efforts and accomplishment here on this earth will be a moot point. They will be burned up like dross who, who, by God, who's an all-consuming fire. See, our earthly efforts will, will not precede us when we get into heaven before we stand before the master. They will all be burned up to show us that, that good effort is not good enough to save us. You need only one thing to get through that door. One thing and one thing alone. It is your life after death policy that goes with you that awaits you beyond that door. It is a place of goodness and love that God has been working on since the beginning of time. It's a world of pure imagination. It's a place where life really begins. The Bible says that that, eye has, that no eye has seen, no ear heard, or mind conceived of the good things that God has in store for those who love him. So how do you get, in, get there from here? As I said before, you can't ride an elevator, you can't put a ladder, or you cannot climb the stairway to heaven. How do you get there? You only need one thing. You need a golden ticket. You need to have your place reserved. You need to have your travel plans prepared because without that golden ticket, you can't get aboard and take flight. It's free. You can't earn it. You can't purchase it. You can't go to Walmart. You can't buy it online. You don't even have to look for it in a bar of chocolate. You don't need money. You don't even have to wait in line or wait for it to come in the mail. You can't go to any store because it's not available. It's already waiting for you. I'll say that again. It's already waiting for you. You don't even have to leave your home to get it. It's waiting for you at the wheel call booth. All you got to do is go down and pick it up. And it's easy. You see, my friend, that ticket is a ticket to paradise. And that ticket is awaiting and when you get that ticket, it's awaiting, exciting, exciting things are waiting for you just beyond that door to this life. You can only imagine. Our ticket is paid in full when he said, on a, when Jesus said in a loud voice on the cross, it is finished. It is done. It is completed. You see, Jesus is that golden ticket that we need. He is the way, the truth, the path the life, the door to heaven. And when we have that ticket in our hands, folks, let me tell you something. It cannot be taken away from us. It cannot be taken away from you. Folks may talk bad about me. They may call me names. They might not even like me, but that's fine. I serve a mighty big God. And folks, I just praise God because I got my ticket in hand and I know nobody can take it away from me. The Bible says not even hell itself can separate us from that ticket. And when the world ends, guess what? I'll be there.
when life ends, will you be there? I know I will. Because I know as soon as this life ends, I'm going to be looking into his eyes and I'm going to feel his touch and I'm going to know him and he's going to know me. And what a day that's going to be. It's a day of pure imagination. Do you have confidence in your life that when this life is over, your life begins again? Do you have that golden ticket in your life this morning? I can't sell you one, but I can tell you how to get it. Believe now. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died on the cross for your sins, and that God raised him from the dead. Confess it with your mouth, and the Bible says you shall be saved. And when you do, guess what? (laughs) You got a golden ticket. It's all ready for you. You got it ready in hand, and you're ready to go home. Folks, I know a lot of people are proud about their homes they live in, and they boast about it in their neighborhood, in their community. But folks, let me tell you something. Just think about how many years you worked on that house to get it where it is today. Folks, let me tell you something. God has been working on that house and, and our heavenly home in eternity since the beginning of time. And folks, let me tell you something. Our house is today where we are. It's like living in a garbage can compared to what's waiting on us. Well, the story ends and the good old Charlie Bucket, the poorest of the poor, ultimately wins the contest and he moves him and his family into the chocolate factory and barring from the line, from the, the last line from the movie Willy Wonka, but Charlie, don't forget what happened to the man who suddenly got everything he always wanted. He lived happily after after. I couldn't choose a better phrase to end this to end this message with. A group of poor, wretched, blind, naked, out-of-luck sinners who don't deserve anything, the poorest of the poor, the lowest of the low, the destitute and the marginalized, guess what? We leave the old shack behind and that old bucket name and that bucket life where we're the loser and we're the tail. And the Bible says you're no longer the tail, but you're the head. That we're the apple of his eye. That we're more than conquerors in Christ. And God has changed our name. We leave the old shack behind this world and we go to that greater place called eternity. Eternity, my friends, waits for us all, whether we're ready for it or not. It lies beyond the other door. It leads us to God's presence or it leads us to hell. The only way through to paradise and the eternity in God's presence is the golden ticket. His name is Jesus. Do you got your golden ticket this morning? Rejoice if you do. If you don't, you still got time to go pick it up. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And now we're going to sing our closing hymn this morning. It's hymn number, it's hymn number 397. I need thee every hour. And we're going to sing this morning verses 1, 3, and 5. 1, 3, and 5 of I need thee every hour.
Amen. Praise the Lord. We're glad that you made St. James a part of your worship time this morning. We hope that you've been ministered to and we love you and, and pray for you daily. Hope that God will continue to minister you during this time. Hope that his presence will draw near to you and touch you in a special way. Hope that the mothers have a special day today, even though it's a time of social distancing. Hope you will be blessed. Reminding you of our special program tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. Invite a friend to join you. We'll be listening to Dr. Linda Bell, the state epidemiologist from the state of South Carolina who works for DHEG, and she speaks to um, pastors and churches about the COVID-19. And I'm, I forgot to mention that um, she is also a United Methodist, um, and, and I, I don't say that lightly. She, she goes to church and participates in her church, and I forgot you know, what, what church she goes to. I think I think it's Union in Irma, but I'm not sure, or in Lexington at, at Mount Horeb, I'm not sure. But she is very active in her church, from from my understanding. So she she uses this time to speak directly to the church. To the church. So I hope that you will you will um be tuned in. I'm thankful for DHEG making this available to us and for our conference. So I hope that you will tune in and listen for yourself to see what she says, so you can make up your own mind about. Um, the COVID-19. This is where a lot of the, the, the decisions have been made uh, about the church um, fr from, from her and from her guidance. Um, also, we're having Bible study at 6 o'clock Wednesday night, Revelation chapter 6. And of course, we'll be having Sunday school next Sunday at 10 and, and worship at 11. I'll thank Kevin for uh, setting up our webpage. Um, he's got our webpage working that you don't have to Tune in to Facebook. You can go right to our St. James Lawrence um, webpage and, and listen to all the, the things that we, um, we have done, our services and Bible study and Sunday school. All that will be, be online for you. And we're also making available to persons that do not have streaming capability. We're also making all of these um, available to you on, on uh, CDs. We're recording this on CDs for you and and. I want to thank Ms. Mott Mayer for what she does in, in, in taking this out to those persons and um, appreciate what she does. Um, she, she calls us, you know, when we don't have, she, she, she calls us and when, when we, she can't find the CD, she, um, she makes sure that, that everybody gets a CD that wants one. So if you want one, make sure you give her a call so we can, you can get on our list and she makes the tapes, the CDs for, and she takes them out. So we really appreciate that so we can so everybody can stay connected. Um, I want to thank Steve for doing our, our um, Sunday school and Kevin for putting all this together. And we appreciate our, our St. James um, virtual congregation. We see you every Sunday morning, even though you're not here. We see you tuned in, and we appreciate that so much. And hope that you'll continue to remember um, to send your tithes and offerings in to the church. Um, we we need we need your support. Um, and hope you would continue to send them to Marion um, as well. And now I hope that um, 
now will you bow for the benediction. May God bless you and keep you, and may God make his face to shine upon you. May God grant you peace, and may God touch you with his love and minister to you. As we ask this in Jesus' name, amen.